Today's episode of InVibe Life Conversations podcast is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I've done Zen and I've done all these types of meditation. So I've met a lot of people that meditate. But the thing is, is it's not that way for everyone. So I am one of the, I think I'm more of the minority where I get blissed out in a way when I meditate. Like for me, it's euphoric. And I'm sorry for the people that it's not. So not to brag, but. <laughs> I struggle a little bit more than you do, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly just think it's, it's lucky. I, I felt this one feeling that one time and now I just am able to. I don't know. It's just, it's, so it's, it's usually pretty, pretty, um, now it's not like that anymore for me though, but that's how it was for eight years when, when I meditated. Welcome to the in vibe live podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We'll offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at invibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. And we're grateful that you're here. Hi, this is Cheryl and Amy with the InVibe Life podcast. And today we have the special guest, Dr. Adam Potts, who is a phys- physical therapist in Asheville, North Carolina. Am I correct? Adam? Yep, there? that's right. And the name of his clinic is, I'm sorry, fill me in there. It's brief. Breath. Tell me one more time, Adam, what that is. It, uh, it's begin with breath. Begin with breath. I can't believe I forgot that. Because <laughs> I... I actually love that title and that name because I feel like, I mean, Amy and I talk about breath all the time and how it's hugely important, but what we're going to go in today is we're going to go into Adam's spiritual journey. And he also works with a lot of Tai Chi with his patients. And so we want to go into that. So thank you for joining us, Adam, and uh, just fill us in, fill our, our guest in and let them know exactly, you know, a little bit about you and your journey and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, thanks, Cheryl and Amy. It's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to share some of my my journey with you all. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could start. At a, I've had a lot of different uh, events in my life that led to my spiritual journey, but I guess um, a good place to start would probably be in the Marines because that's where I actually first started to kind of dip into this deeper aspect of myself, which I was kind of ignoring for most of my life. And so I was in the Marine Corps right out of high school. Um, in high school, you know, I was kind of like, I, I was always pretty smart, but in high school, I didn't apply myself a whole lot, you know, and did a lot of partying and actually a lot of drinking too. And I'll tell you about that a little bit, why I mentioned that in, the, in a few minutes here. But basically, then I went into the Marine Corps and, um, and I went over to Japan for a year and it was pretty awesome. Actually, I was in Okinawa and, um, you know, land of, uh, you know, where karate came from. And, um, but anyway, so, uh, it was when I got back, I was stationed in North Carolina at Cherry Point, And then that's when, um, actually when I was in Japan, that was when nine 11 happened. 
And so um, I didn't get deployed right away. When I got back, though, then I got deployed to Iraq when I was in North Carolina. And so I was the, one of the first ones in. We were right behind, basically behind the tanks, just going right in, starting in Kuwait. Um, you know, it took us 11 days and we worked our way into Iraq. So it was, it was pretty intense. Um, but I remember before we were about to leave, because uh, we called it G-Day, where, you know, where we, we started to go on the, well, they sent the ground forces in from Kuwait to Iraq. And I was sitting there and I just felt so like kind of alone, you know, even though I was surrounded by hundreds of Marines, you know, and a lot of these people, a lot of these fellow Marines, I was, you know, you know, we partied together and stuff. And, but I had only known them for, I think it was maybe six months. So I didn't really have any strong, strong connections with anyone I was with. I was in this strange place in the desert and people, you know, going ready to go off into war. And uh, so I, I don't know why, but we, well, we all were issued a little pocket Bible. And so um, and now I grew up Catholic, but I was never really, you know, that into it. But anyway, so I opened up the Bible and I'm like, I'm just going to start reading because I just feel so like alone and away from family and friends. And so I started reading and it wasn't I, I think it was the Old Testament. I was just reading names at first and I, I wasn't, it wasn't even really what I was reading. But just the fact that I was looking was all of a sudden this 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 place inside me kind of opened up and I kind of realized and felt this deep love inside. That's really how, how that's the only way I can really describe it as this, this feeling of love. And, and that's what I was craving because I was always surrounded by friends and family growing up. And so that's really where I realized that I don't need anything external necessarily to feel this love, which was cool. And so I was like, all right, but then we went off to war. I knew that the whole time you were telling the story. It's awesome, you know, because it's like you went back to kind of this foundation that you had. You're saying, you know, you grew up Catholic, but you weren't that into it. But it gave you a little bit of a foundation. and You knew to open that Bible to find something. I mean, never mind that you were over there with a bunch of people you didn't know. You were about to go into war. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. That's about as dramatic a moment as you can imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, feel free, please. Um, but yeah, so I was just, I was really like trying to reach for something to hold on to because of all like the, the, you know, that probably there's a lot of fear, you know, in the Marines, we try not to say that we're scared, <laughs> you know, it's not part of the culture, but honestly, if I was honest then yeah, we're scared, you know, I was about to go off and do Iraq. And so, um, so anyways, that gave me some, some, uh, some peace to when I was about to go. And so we went in and, you know, I went relatively well. I won't go into the whole story because I could, we could be here all day, but, but basically everyone that I knew made it back. And so it was, some of us got hurt, but, um, it went it's about as good as you can get when it comes to war. And so, um, yeah, so I was really lucky. I pretty much came back, um, you know, and then I actually went back again for a second tour the next year, um, but anyway, so what, what happened, though, was I, although I had this kind of a little bit of an awakening, I would call it like this, it's not really an awakening, but like a, um, an experience of this deeper, this deeper um, kind of uh, awareness. Um, even though I had that, it kind of like got, I, I, I didn't forget about it, but obviously I remember it today, but I didn't follow that path. So I didn't really, you know, become, you know, a practicing, you know, Catholic or anything like that again. Um, and actually what happened was I started drinking more. So I kind of um, really got into a bad habit with that. And then I went back to Iraq again. And actually my dad had died right in between tours. And so it was, it was really a rough time for me. And so, um, you know, and, and, and I just grew up in a, in a place where that was, it was, um, you know, where I just 
did a lot of drinking. And so, um, but anyway, so I got back from um, Iraq the second time and I, and I kept drinking and eventually I got into, I got into trouble for drinking and driving. And so, um, but at the, at the time I was actually in, in college. Cause right after I got out of the service, I, I enrolled in uh, university of Massachusetts Lowell. I was, I'm, I'm originally from Massachusetts um, right near Boston. So, so anyways, I was in school and I was studying really hard and I'm like, all right, I want to go through exercise physiology and then potentially go into PT school, which is, well, was my goal. And so, but I was just in this bad habit of drinking all the time. That was my go-to. I didn't have any other tools. And so what happened was I ended up getting um, in trouble and I had to go to this rehab. I had to go to a two week inpatient program. Um, and it was, it was pretty rough because we had to sit in these chairs all day long. And then just, they just had these people like these counselors that come in and talk. And, but any, anyways, luckily for me, um, I was studying hardcore cause I, I was really into, I really wanted to do well and I wanted to, to get a great job and I, everything like that. So I was studying, I remember I was studying physics at the time. So I was like enmeshed in learning. And so when the counselors came up in this rehab, I was just kept going. I was taking notes and I was like, Oh wow, this is really interesting. Cause I've always been interested in psychology. And so they're talking and, and this was the number one thing that set me on my, well, actually two things during that time that really set me on the path I'm at today uh, consistently is some, one of the counselors went up to the board and they wrote P-E-M-S, all right? And then we had to make a column for each letter. And so the first column was physical, the second was emotional, the third was mental, and then the fourth was spiritual. Wow. I love it. Yeah. And so in, the, in our, in our, the, the, the assignment was to write down how we address each aspect of that every day. And I was like, all right, physical, you know, I was lifting weights a lot, you know, I was in the Marines, so I was really into that. So um, I was doing that. I was eating pretty well, emotional. I was like, well, you know, I have lots of friends, you know, so I feel like I get emotional needs met and mental while well, I'm like studying my butt off. <laughs> like, so, and then spiritual was just blank. <laughs> I was just like, hmm. I was like, I definitely, you know, don't have anything I do spiritually any at all, you know, even, you know, and so, and then I was like, I better fix that. Cause you know, I was in that mode of learning and just doing, you know, what I need to do to get a good grade, I guess. So I don't know, I guess I was trying to get a good grade. <laughs> <in every area. laughs> and so exactly. Yeah. But for some reason, it was interesting because before I went, I'm like, I better bring some books to this place, you know, because you can't have TV or anything. It's rehab. So I was like, all right. So, um, so I went to Barnes & Noble and I'm like, like, I think deep inside, I knew I needed to change this. I knew like if I didn't do something different, then I was going to probably just do it again and go to jail or get a felony or, or something where I couldn't get a good job. So I was like, I, I need to avoid that. So part of me knew I needed to do something. And so when I was looking through the books, I think it was Barnes and Noble, I picked up a book. It was called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak yeah, Chopra. Yeah. yeah. You heard that we one? Yeah. To that on our website already. So. Yeah. And that book, I, I like, that was like my Bible actually for like years and years. I, I like went by that to it. I tried to do it by to a T. And that's what I liked about it that kind of a, a book because it had very practical steps that I could understand. And also it was kind of based a little in physics in a way. And so, you know, it like, and you know, he was a doctor. So he talked a little scientific, which I like cause I was studying science. And so it really just clicked with me. And anyways, besides all the, like the intellectual like stuff I liked about it, really the big thing is I got the, the, the most important thing I got from that book was if you don't do anything else, then meditate twice a day. That was basically what I got out of it. And I was like, ah, oh, I'd love to, I guess I should do that, you know? And so, um, 
And then just by chance, as I was reading that at, at the rehab, one Sorry, of the counselors. Yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get someone <laughs> to, to get him out of here. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I could barely hear him. Yeah. So I got a dog. I got a big one. He's about 80 pounds. Actually, probably 90 pounds now. <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, he's loud. But, but anyways, yeah. So I was reading, I was, um, oh, yeah. So one of the counselors, um, and he was actually um, part Native American. And um, I just, I, I have, the reason I'm telling you that is, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. But um, basically, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to offer a meditation session for anyone that wants to come. Now, don't come if you just want to sleep, because that's not what it's there for. <laughs> so come if you're really interested in learning meditation. And so I was like, I'm supposed to meditate. He's saying, come meditate. I'm like, sounds perfect. <laughs> so, um, so I went and I, and I had this like, amazing experience where I, you know, I would, now this isn't how I meditate now, but I imagine myself like in, on like expanded throughout the whole universe. And it was just really expansive and kind of maybe people might think a little woo woo, but it was, it was just amazing. And whatever it was, it got me to do it every day because it really, it ended up replacing my drinking and I haven't had a drink ever since it's been about 13 years now. And I have so, heard that, that they have studied brainwaves in meditation, and I need to pull up these studies where you can get the same sort of high in a meditation that you do from really um, even, that, yeah. you know, psychedelics, <laughs> you know, really hardcore meditation or hardcore mind-altering drugs. Yeah, the same Yeah, same yeah, and I, yeah, and I, and I was, and I've taught, taught meditation to a lot of people, too. And my wife does, my wife, you know, practices and I go to a community center that, you know, has a, um, it's called insight meditation and, and I've done Zen and I've done all these types of meditation. So I've met a lot of people that meditate, but the thing is, is it's not that way for everyone. So I am one of the, I think I'm more of the minority where I get blissed out in a way when I meditate, like to me, it's euphoric and I'm sorry for the people that it's not, so not to brag, but I struggle a little bit more than you do, but yeah, I, I honestly just think it's it's lucky. I, I felt this one feeling that one time, and now I just am able to. I don't know. It's just yeah. it's, so it's, it's usually pretty pretty. Um, now it's not like that anymore for me though. But that's how it was for eight years when when I meditated. And now most people find it really hard because they don't get that feeling. And so for them, that's even. I give them even more props because they have to struggle to do it. And so that to me, it's almost easy. So it's like you know, I, I don't give myself as much props, but you know. A little bit because I do it every day for 13, 13 years. So. How, long, how long do you spend each day meditating? So for the first eight years, I did 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. And then um, I did that re- like <laughs> religiously, I guess, pardon the pun. But, um, but anyway, so I did that. And then um, but then what happened was when I started to when I met my wife, she didn't feel that way. Like she didn't experience that. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's not how everyone meditates. For her, it was the opposite. She like had to work at it, like to, in order to do it. And then she started to introduce me into this idea of feeling difficult emotions. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. And so what I realized what I was doing was I was blocking out anything that was unpleasant and only letting in things that were pleasant. Oh. And so, and so, but that was really transferring into life because, well, another part of the story was that I told you how my dad died when I was in in between tours of going to Iraq. Um, It's crazy. But, um, but anyways, what happened was um, he died from heart disease and diabetes and a lot of lifestyle stuff. 
Although we think it's more from, um, you know, he was in Vietnam and there was the Agent Orange. And so we think it might have been that more involved because he was really young. He was only 59. And so, um, yeah. So, but anyways, I had in my mind that, that if I didn't change my lifestyle, then I was going to potentially not make it that far. And so, um, and so anyways, uh, I, I was trying to block out any stress. That was my thing. I was like, I can't let out any stress. As soon as I felt any, I would just meditate. And it was like my escape. And so you can actually use meditation as an escape and which is not good necessarily. Um, you know, but for me, it was good at first cause I, I got me to quit drinking. So, you know, there's a time and a place, but at some point I realized that if I want to be in a relationship, I have to let in some stuff, you know, I can't just block it out because my wife, you know, she expresses her emotions and a lot of them are, you know, are difficult. So unless I didn't want to listen to her or block her out, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it. And so um, I was open to it. And so I opened up and I changed my whole meditation to instead of doing like a mantra or like, a, um, you know, because I was doing kind of, that's what I was kind of doing. That's the kind that Deepak uh, Chopra teaches a lot as like this mantra, transcendental. But, but what I learned instead was insight meditation. And that was where you let in pretty much everything and you watch it as a stream just coming and going. And so you start, and then, you know, you can turn away as you need to, and you can focus on your anchor. And, but anyways, um, it's just a, a different way that I found is, is really necessary. And cause basically there's really two main types of meditation. There's concentration and mindfulness. All right. And so you need concentration in order to be mindful. So you, you it's sometimes people do both, but if you don't add in the mindfulness piece, then you're going to be limited in, in life basically. And so, um, that's my experience at least. Wow. And so I was very- this so, there's a really lot there. Good. So first of all, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, thank you for your service to the country. Yes. And you clearly come from a family with a history of service to the country. So thank you for that. Um, and there's so many insights there. So you're studying in a very Western field medicine, very Western medicine field. And I think you have, um, your doctorate in physical therapy. Am I correct? So, you know, very, um, far down the path of Western medicine, but at the same time, you're realizing the importance or the value, I should say, of, um, some alternative therapies and alternative practices. And then at what point did you see with your patients or clients that when you started incorporating those two things together, different changes started happening. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave off where I, where I ended with the meditation. And so basically that kind of led into, okay, what else is out there kind of thing? Because uh, I was really into, you know, exercise physiology and then physical therapy. So that's when I started to get into yoga and Tai Chi. And so um, I remember I mentioned it to my sister in passing. I was like, ah, oh, because I was lifting weights a lot still. And I was like, I, I really need to stretch more. I need to be more flexible, you know, and, and my sister. So she just remembered me saying that. And so she gave me a DVD for a yoga DVD. And, uh, and so that's, that's where I started to get more flexible. And then, um, you know, and then eventually it led into me getting, uh, going to a 30 day teacher training, uh, an immersion to where I got, uh, I went to Kripalu. I don't know if you're familiar with Kripalu Center. Uh, but it's up in Massachusetts. It's the largest yoga center on the continent, actually. Um, and wow. it's, just, it's just amazing. Kripal actually means compassion. So it's, it's just really a beautiful practice of yoga. And so, so I did that, but I was really – still my main thing was meditation. Um, but I was, I was practicing yoga, and then I was teaching it, too, a little bit. And then 
But then there was, I was also learning about this stuff called chi. And so I was reading about this at the same, I was kind of doing a lot of this at the same time. And I was like, like the Chinese version of this energy is they call it chi. And so I started to study that and practice what's called qigong, which is basically an energy exercise where it's very simple. You just follow along and it's very, you know, there's, there's thousands of different types, but the kind that I was learning was very symmetrical. So you're moving the hands all one way, you're breathing and you're focusing your mind on what you're doing basically. So it's mindful. And so I was like, all right, so it's, it's like a moving meditation. And I was like, that's perfect. So, cause I know for me, I love meditation, but my clients and patients, maybe they probably don't want to sit there, you know, they probably can't, or they do, or maybe they just are not, you know, we're all at different stages of where we're at. So, um, I thought, well, maybe I can introduce that to some of my clients and patients because, and then maybe they'll get into the meditation later or something. But, but I found that you don't need to, you know, th- there's more than one way to get, to get your, to get spiritual, I guess, <laughs> or to, or to tap into that awareness really is what it's about to me. Um, and so, um, so I went through, um, you know, PT school and I was going through my clinicals and, you know, one thing that I could always do is incorporate the breath, you know, because even in PT in Pilates, uh, I don't know as much about gyro, gyrotonics. I was looking it up a little bit, but it looks like, um, it's actually pretty cool because it's very, I, I guess it's very circular. Is that right? And yeah, that's it's all. Circular, it's very energetic. It's a lot of breath work, you know. Yep. So all it's very. We're all speaking the same language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, so I was like, well, the breath, you know, when we talk about in PT, you know, now in PT school, it's more like breathe in on your, on, you know, breathe in and then breathe out when you're doing the exertion. It's not really a mindful thing. It's more just so you don't hold your breath and, right. you know, spike your blood, you know, all the physiology is spiking your blood pressure and then it drops, whatever. But anyways, um, so, th- but this breath is still very important. And then in, in nowadays, though, a lot of the trainings that you can go to for continuing ed definitely has breath as a key. And so I was like, well, I can always integrate the breath with anyone. And it's, I'm not going to be, you know, barking up the wrong tree. You know, it's like you can, you can explain it in any way you want. And so I always integrated a breathing technique with pretty much all of my clients so from the start. So that's, and that's why I love the name Begin With Breath, because that's where I started with integrating it into with my clients. And so, but to give... But, but honestly, my wife came up with the name to, to, to give her credit. So, <laughs> so she, yeah, she's a big part of, of, uh, of my life. So, but yeah. Um, I get that too. <laughs> you know, Stephen and I are in our business together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I love that. Uh, but yeah, so I started to integrate the breath and then, um, but then I really, I was always kind of afraid to start like teaching like yoga and, and Qigong, especially when I was still in school and like doing my internships where there's someone watching over me and they're like not really into it. So I kind of just kept, kept, you know, I held myself back a little bit, but I would always throw in a breathing exercise, like diaphragmatic breathing, just trying to get people to breathe from their belly or just taking a deep breath for those that have, because some people have struggles with even breathing into the belly, which is, you know, it's just very common. So I was like, well, they can at least take a deep breath and that's, still being mindful it's potentially you know i can still incorporate that so so that's really how i started doing it and then um after pt school i actually moved out to oregon and i did a a residency for orthopedics so um and then i started to really that's when i was like spreading my wings with it all and i was incorporating all the breathing i started to integrate qigong which is kind of like tai chi it's just like to me it's like a simpler form that people can follow along with easier um so i started to do that and then there were people there that also liked yoga. So I would show them how to adjust their yoga postures 
to make it so that they could still practice. And so it was, that's kind of how I did it for a while. But then if you fast forward it to now, um, up until actually this month, I worked for a clinic. I now have uh, my own business, um, self-employed only. And, but I was working for, yeah. yeah, what's that? Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just, it, it worked out to where, um, you know, yeah. Cause you know, it was the first, first, actually me and my wife got sick in February. So that's when like the whole thing started. So we never, we couldn't get tested because we didn't qualify for it. But anyways, we got better, all of us. And so that was good. Um, and actually my daughter was sick too, and she's three and a half. So we were really scared about that, but, um, she was, she's okay. Um, but then, so I couldn't go to work then. I, well, I decided I didn't want to, cause I didn't want to risk, you know, if I did have it, I didn't want to get anybody else. It. So I, I didn't go to work. Then the clinic closed. And then I went on paternity leave cause we just had a son and he's about two, two and a half months old now. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I hadn't been to work since Maybe. February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I hadn't been to work since February. So I was like, and I, so at the time though, I was starting to, I took a few weeks off, you know, especially after the birth, I just was all in. And then I was like, you know what, if I can get this business going, then I won't have to go back. I can set my own hours have long lunches like I'm doing now and like, you know, all this stuff where it could really set us off. So I went back sooner than I wanted to because I was originally, if I was going to still work at the clinic, I was going to take three months off. That was my original plan. So I wanted to just, uh, you know, I know how important it is, you know, and, you know, but anyway, so I decided if I just cut it down, but then I could have the whole rest of my life a certain way. I, I decided to do that. And is so, that when you started incorporating the Tai Chi into your patient care? Yeah, oh, actually, your, own, your own practice? No, actually before that. So then, so I'll back up a little bit. Um, that's where I'm at now. But um, so it was probably, you know, at least a year ago to two years ago, I actually got cert. No, I'm sorry. It's like two years, two and a half now, but I got certified officially as um, a Tai Chi instructor. And so um, now I've done other trainings before for Tai Chi throughout the years, but this one was one that I actually wanted to use and teach this specific method, and it's called the Tai Chi Fit Method. And so this method is great because you don't have to learn anything or memorize any complex routines. And now traditional Tai Chi, you, you normally do that. You, you, you learn like, for instance, the Yang Style 24. So you learn 24 movements, and it can take weeks to months to learn the whole thing. And then once you learn them, though, you have this beautiful form that you can do any all every day if you want, you know. And um, but until then, it's kind of people. So basically, we we say in the traditional Tai Chi world is you start off with twenty students, but then you finish with two because people get kind of they, they lose you know they lose that motivation because it takes so long to learn the traditional forms. Um, and so, anyways, I, I realized I didn't want to really teach that way. So, but then I learned the Tai Chi Fit method. And so that method, you just follow along like a yoga class. So you don't have to learn anything and you just follow along and it's, it's really just low stress and it's about getting into the flow. And so the flow, as you got, you might know, um, there's a lot of research on it, but basically it's this physiological state where your judgments tend to drift away. You're very present, you're in the body and you're, uh, basically your, your, um, your physiology changes to where you're relaxed and really just helps you to release a lot of stress. Now, you and I and Amy, we all know the benefits of releasing the stress and how that carries on to your patients. But tell me, what do you see in your clinic once your patients start to do Tai Chi? Like, what's the number one? Like, does it 
you know, what are you seeing like the number one thing it relieves for them? Right. So, yeah. So basically as soon as I got certified, I started, that's when I started to integrate it more into my patients because I knew it was great for balance. And so that was the first place that I looked because can, I can always just, cause that's kind of what we were doing anyways, was these weight shifting movements. And now I'm just adding in the arms and the breath to make it actually more enjoyable. So you're not just doing reps and sets, you know, you're actually doing a practice where you're using your whole mind and body and it's, it's really enjoyable. And so what I found was, was that people that did that, they stuck with the program. They stuck with doing the Tai Chi instead of the traditional you know, we start off yeah. with you know basic balance stuff, but then we transition as soon as possible. I'd say, hey, are you interested in integrating some Tai Chi, which is great for balance? And that's so that's the one of the primary things it's great for. And there's tons of research on the effects of um, improving balance in people, especially um, as you get older. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that. So, so keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no. I, was, I could just talk forever. So if you if that, <laughs> let me know if you want to know. <laughs> no, balance is probably the, one of the, like, because I know sometimes it's, um, when you say the word Tai Chi, when people don't know anything about it, someone might be like, oh, no, that's not me. But balance is a real easy uh, sell. I hate to use that word, but it is an easy sell because your patients are looking for that. But you know, you know there's more to it than that. So I want you to tell the deeper story of Tai Chi. Yes, there's the physical, the balance, the, you know, the strength that comes from doing these balance things. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't there sort of like an energy that you're moving with Tai Chi? Yeah, yeah. And so that, so Tai Chi, it comes from the principles of traditional Chinese medicine. And in traditional Chinese medicine, you can think of it as four branches you have acupuncture, which most people know of. Then you have um, herbology and nutrition. So, you know, using herbal medicine. And now they do a lot more with nutrition nowadays. Um, then you have um, uh, massage as actually a, a branch. So, and then uh, they call it twina, I think is, I think they do other ones. They do reflexology um, as well. Um, but basically one, some form of massage. And then the fourth thing is qigong. So medical qigong. And so qigong is what Tai Chi came from. All right, so if you were to go to a tradition, or, uh, uh, it's called an OMD, an Oriental Medical Doctor. If you went to one, then you would find that you would get one. Of, you would get something in those four categories, and so they address. And so the acupuncture people know. So I'll start there. So with acupuncture, the idea is that we have this energy within us. They call it chi. In yoga, they call it prana. In Hawaii, they call it mana. In Japan, they call it ki. Um, and really, you know, we can even equate it in Western science as our bioelectricity, although it's much more than that. That's just one aspect of this chi, this mysterious energy that we can experience, even though we can't measure it. And so that's why Western science doesn't focus on it because you can't measure it. Although much like gravity, you can see its effects, but you can't see gravity, but we know that it's there. Right. And so it's my, so that's what I believe is that there is this, this energy because I can feel it. And that's the thing is if you practice Qigong and Tai Chi enough, you actually start to sense it. You can feel this energy in different ways. Some people feel a flowing like a river, like this energy, almost like blood flow, but it's, you know, or some people feel a tingling or a warmth. Um, some people just feel lighter or even heavier depending. And so it's really different for each person. So if, if whatever you're feeling, if you start to feel something different, then that might be it. So, um, 
So, but with acupuncture, the idea is that this energy flows through our body like rivers. And so there's channels or they call them meridians and they, it's kind of like our blood vessels, only it's a different, they're mapped out differently. And so, um, and you can actually measure the electrical conductivity when you, when you manipulate this energy. So you can technically measure it in a way. So, um, but anyways, so the idea in traditional Chinese medicine is that when the energy gets stuck or stagnant, that's when all diseases begin. And so, you know, it, it then that's the, that's actually the underlying thing. And then it starts to surface through the physical and mental emotion, emotional, you know, and then it goes through all those layers, but it really just starts with our, if our energy is not flowing, then we're going to run into problems. And so with right. acupuncture, they put the needle in the spots where it, they tend to think that's, what's going to free it up. So if it's blocked in all, in all these areas um, now, that was like, that's like a very, kind of more of a primitive idea of it. Now we know that the physiology, the neurophysiology also supports it. So it might also be causing a neurophysiological response, meaning that we have all our sensors in our body, the sensors connect to the nerves, which then go up to the spinal cord and then to the brain. And so it's kind of like a two-way street where we have information coming up and then our, out, and then our brain processes it and then outputs. And then we output either maybe we move our our limb because you know we feel like oh that's hot so we'll take it away it, well that's actually more of a reflex but anyways you get the idea <laughs> uh, yeah it's yeah. Like your brain's telling it to do something right? yeah yeah exactly well what and you're so, describing it is a flow of energy not something that's static or in one place it goes up it goes down it goes out. it's constant yeah. movement through our body Yep. Yep. And it goes down through these certain pathways and they actually have mapped it out to where some, in some schools of thought, it actually goes in a very specific direction as well. And so in, in each meridian is related to an organ. And so that's why, like, if you're having like a heart condition, then they might find the heart point on your hand and that's going to help because it all connects through the energy. But then also from a science standpoint, I think there's a, a neurological uh, effect that's happening as well. So, so it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's still, it's still hard to pinpoint the mechanics of it, but we know the effects and we know that it works because that's why there's been so much research on it in the West. And that's why it's so much practice today is because it actually works. Um, and so that, that's one, that's the idea in, in very general of, of what's this energy that's flowing. So this energy that we're talking about, Tai Chi tries to get this energy moving and flowing as well. It's just a method of moving it where acupuncture is trying to move it with the needles where Tai Chi, you're, we're actually physically moving our bodies to get it to move. Yes. And that's why I love it because especially if you don't like needles, this is a great alternative is you're just uh, moving. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, yeah. I went for acupuncture one time and I, I hate to fess this up, but I actually threw up in their trash can. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Needles are not my friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to work on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely not for everyone. So, um. But yeah, so the idea is that this is a way you can also manipulate the energy so that you can free it up and, and get it unstuck in a way. Um, and so that's kind of the idea with Tai Chi and Qigong is that's what you do is you move the body in certain ways and you're stretching out certain muscles as well, because when the muscles are tight, that's thought to keep this, the energy that's, that's thought to block energy flow as well. And so if we have tightness in a joint or in a muscle or even in our mind, 
if we're constantly in the stress state and that's where the nervous system comes into and that's why like some of the deeper aspects of of this practice tai chi qigong and really any movement practice that incorporates mindfulness is the mind if if your mind is in a is in a, a fight or flight state in the stress response then the energy is not going to flow as well either and it's going to cause your muscles to tighten it's going to cause your heart rate to increase it's going to cause your blood pressure to increase it's going to cause the cortisol and all these stress hormones to be released. On the flip side, if you start to practice these, any, any, really any movement with mindfulness, however, these ones have been kind of practiced for years and they, they tend to be more effective. They're kind of like, you know, you know, they did a lot of process of elimination and stuff. They found these ones actually helped the most. So like Tai Chi, Qigong, you know, Pilates, I'm sure, and, and these other practices, um, if you follow these, then you get into a different state. You get into the parasympathetic state, which is the rest and digest part of your nervous system. And so we kind of always have two ends of the nervous system. We have the sympathetic, fight or flight, parasympathetic, rest and digest. And so we're all kind of going through life. Most of us, I mean, I don't know anyone that isn't, but maybe there's some that, are, that aren't. Maybe, uh, the ones that do, maybe the ones that do a lot of Tai Chi. Right? <laughs> but there, we usually have some form of low-grade stress, you know, because of our daily demands. And probably is more moderate to high, high grade stress. And so it's really important that we find a way to balance it out. And so that's the idea with, with Tai Chi is, is, is the idea of yin and yang, or we call it yin and yang is, is how it's you know, sometimes pronounced. So we have the yin and the yang. So the yin is like the very relaxed, very kind of passive kind of, um, you know, slower movement. And then we have the yang, which is more active, which is more, um, you know, like a faster or more aggressive in a way. Um, and so basically you need both. And so I'm not saying like, don't ever be active, you know, or don't ever do intense exercise even, but if you don't balance it with, with, with some sort of restorative exercise or some sort of, you know, yin exercise, then, um, you know, you'll probably be, become out of balance in all different aspects of your life, including mental, emotional, men, uh, physical, and spiritual. So back to the PEMS, right? Let's get a... Yes, yes. I, I absolutely love it. I just think, you know, what you're saying here is something that Amy and I believe in 110% and really try and bring this message that you're saying mm-hmm. to our audience because what you're saying, I think, is just our... It's so important to our life force to have this balance that you're referring to. And we, we very much like to talk about bringing balance into each day you know there there are great benefits to having breaks from your normal activity and vacations and retreats and things like that but I feel like if you can start to bring elements of the resting and the stillness into each and every day even if it's just for a few minutes or whatever amount of time you have that's where you can really start seeing some long-term effects and it's exactly what you're saying you can't just stay in that fight or flight all the time, or it's not just the effect it's going to have on your body. You're going to make yourself crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of are conditioned in this culture to think we have to kind of be hard on ourselves and beat ourselves up. And in order to succeed, but when you look at the stats, then it actually isn't good. So there's, they looked at a bunch of surgeons who tend to be like very, you know, considered high success. Right. And, they're found to be very hard on themselves. They, you know, they, you know, really beat themselves up and so that they can really get through it all. But then they looked at the rates of burnout and it's extremely high with surgeons. They looked at depression, which was, uh, you know, off the charts and even suicide rates were very, very high. 
And so we find that if we beat ourselves up, yeah, we might make a lot of money in a job that, you know, we may or may not even like, but we're going to potentially, you know, not be happy. And it's really not, we are all look, it's like, we're all looking for happiness, but we're doing the wrong, we're all doing the wrong thing to get there in a way. And so I always, in all my classes, I always teach self-compassion in all my Tai Chi classes. And so it's, it's as simple as bringing your hand to your heart and just saying, this is tough. You know, that's, if that's all you ever do, then that can change your life. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I love that. So, uh, you know, there's so much here. Adam, I feel like we could do a five-part series here. <laughs> Please, <laughs> hey, I, I feel like we have so much to offer. We do have so much to offer. So thank you for also taking that leap of faith in yourself and starting your business and your practice now, because I think there's going to be so much to come from that, from what we're hearing. But what I want to ask you right now, like, you sold me, I want to try Tai Chi. What should I do? What should I look for? Where should I go? Well, the best thing is I have lots of free Tai Chi on my channel, my YouTube channel. So that's a great place to start. Just go to my YouTube channel, Begin With Breath. If you just look up Begin With Breath. um, And we will link that. We'll link that in the show notes here as well as your website. Okay. Yeah. You can go to my website. I have links to everything on my website, beginwithbreath.com. And that's kind of like the hub where you can go and you can see what I do for integrative physical therapy. Um, right now it's all telehealth. Um, okay, but so that, it's in- that another question. So no matter where someone is, they can find you in North Carolina and connect with you. Yes. Yes. And I do have other options for people, um, which is um, it's called functional health coaching, or I call it the health transformation program. And it's, and it's another way that people can get to the root problem that they're having, where we look at the whole mind-body connection, also integrating functional medicine, which looks a lot deeper at the causes of disease, not actually diagnosing a disease, but looking at what are the imbalances that are causing it. And so it's great for people with chronic pain or that they've been to conventional medicine and they're just like, they, they feel like they're kind of left behind, like the doctors don't know what to do. There's something you can do and you can look at the underlying imbalances and not focus just on disease. You can look at what's, what's going on underneath. So I do that. And then I also have an online Tai Chi studio and yoga. So tai Chi is called Begin With Breath Connect. That's also uh, linked to my, on my website. And then I do um, private Tai Chi as well for people that want to learn the traditional forms. Yeah. 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 That's what I was wondering. Yep. If, if somebody's starting it for the first time, should they actually try a private first or is st- jumping into a class okay for a beginner? Yeah, so I made it so that my classes are great for beginners. So they don't have to commit. They can even watch them for free online. That's the thing. That's why I have the YouTube channel so that you can see. I have a whole 30-day Tai Chi t- challenge where you, can, you get 30 right. classes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, they're, they're like 10 minutes long each. Then I have a full class. So I have like broken down into sections. And then at the end of the section, you have the full class and then I break it down. I do a seated flow and then I do um, what's called bamboo fusion, Tai Chi and yoga combined. So oh, it's, it's, so yeah. So it's really- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so if you want to do that, so I, I put that out there to see, so make sure people can really kind of fall in love with it. Like I did so that it's so easy to fall, to follow along with. Um, and then you can join the studio. If you want to do the full length classes, I do three, full, three live classes every week and my, I'm getting more teachers on the studio now. And so that's growing. Um, and then I have yoga. My wife is, you know, when she has more time, she's going to start to teach more yoga. Um, she's really, pulling the weight with the kids right now, you know, so I really appreciate her. 
ones. Yeah. Little ones, yeah. But another thing that really jumped out at me kind of throughout our conversation today, and I think you hit on it specifically at one point, is what resonates with each person is going to be different. And it's sort of up to each of us to figure that out. And it might change at different times in our lives. So just knowing these different modalities and resources are out there, I think is so valuable for each of us and for the audience who we're reaching today. And so we will definitely link all of that on our um, show notes and hope that people, you know, might be inspired to find out a little bit more about Tai Chi or maybe it doesn't seem so um, foreign, literally foreign um, to them after your conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Tai Chi fit. That that's that's so great because it's it's really meant for the modern person. So that you, it's it's not you know esoteric at all. Really, I don't even really talk about much except for you know just breathing and moving. And really, if that's all you do, then you're going to be doing great. And you just follow along. And then I have the private Tai Chi is more for if you want if you do want to learn the traditional forms. That's primarily what I do the private for. But if you wanted to just do the other style with me too, I'm open to that. But that's kind of like what I focus on is is because people need more instruction with traditional. But for the Tai Chi fit, you don't need much. You, you can be a right, beginner yeah. and, and you can just follow along. That, that's why you don't really need really private instruction for that. So um, I, I, that's why I like that. Make that available to all. I love it. Well, thank you so much for giving us this time. Adam. Um, I think we should wrap it up. You've given everybody a great explanation of what Tai Chi is. Great beginning. Yeah. And I feel like talking about your spiritual journey is was amazing too. I just, you know, all of it's so connected because you can't disconnect your journey to where you are today and how much you help people with what you've got going on there. But uh, thank you so much. And we've really enjoyed it. And we'll go ahead and make sure that we have all those links in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I think, you know, I'm, like always ready to schedule another one. Yeah, to you. <laughs> sure. I'd love to just let me know. when. <laughs> thank you for taking the time. You're certainly really busy and thanks to your wife for doing everything she's doing. So you can do what you're doing and maybe one day we'll yeah. be able to meet her as well. Yeah. Next time we'll have you both on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait till we can really team up fully and we're going to definitely, it's going to be pretty awesome. I think. Yes, it is. Well, congratulations. Congratulations, and thank you for being here. All right. Thank you all. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the In Vibe Life podcast. For more information and to join our community, be sure and check out our website at www.invibelife.com. We look forward to sharing with you.